The Lord be with you. And also with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Where the, where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of Christ, here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship this Easter Sunday. Your presence is appreciated. We invite you to return as the Spirit moves and to communicate with us by regular or email or other means. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
Let us pray. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that we who celebrate with the joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Hear this Easter lesson from Paul's epistle to the Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. This is the word of our God. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 118 with the Antiphon. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my power. The Lord has become my salvation. There are joys of songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me sorely, but has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapters 28, verses 1 through 10. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, 
Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. <clears throat> Angel voice, fear not, he is not here, he is risen. This has been a long old time religion winter. This has been a long old time religion year. If you were jogging on the esplanade in the early morning of April 15th, a few days ago, and you came past the hatch shell, you would have seen along the river boxes beautifully displayed and filled with flowers. Half daffodils, half violets, half yellow, half blue, half sorrow, half hope. We are up to our waists together in those very boxes. It's been that kind of weak winter and year. That is, we have experienced across this region in Boston a year ago the invasion of our neighborhood, the incursion of a violent, heedless, senseless, needless, rapacious hurt and so in the anger of that hour and then in the deeper sorrow that is the root of such anger, we have wrestled and we have realized perhaps more fully the condition which we find ourselves. Our study of John Calvin in the sermons of this Lent has fully reminded us in a sober, 
realistic way of the threat of meaninglessness, of the reality of sin, of the starkness of the cross. That is, we know in a personal dimension, leave aside the cosmic and the apocalyptic sway of sin. We just know it on a daily basis. We get lost. It's our condition here east of Eden. We lose our way. We get lost in sex without love. That's lust. We get lost in consumption without nourishment. That's gluttony. We get lost in accumulation without investment. That's avarice. We get lost in rest without weariness, in happiness without struggle. That's sloth. We get lost in righteousness without restraint. That's anger. We get lost in desire without ration. That's envy. We get lost in integrity without humility. That's pride. Now, you may not have had any personal experience of lust, gluttony, avarice, sloth, anger, envy, or pride. If so, God bless you. But if you happen to be a part of the human race, then may I just announce for you, here is good news. The Easter gospel is before you. Angel voice speaking into the heart of our condition. You notice the rendering of Matthew and his metaphorical features, touches in this account that he inherits from Mark. He has added an angel and the voice of an angel. He has rolled the stone immediately away. He has Mary and the other Mary, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. He makes no place for men except for two guards who fall fast asleep. Gentlemen, we have some distance to pick up. They're ahead. We're, we're missing our, our cue, our point here. Matthew sits upon the stone in order to teach. Remember in antiquity, the teacher sits to teach. Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount sat and taught them. And he brings the Easter gospel. Death is a part of life. In Jesus Christ, death has lost its sting. And on this day, we announce a mystery. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. The trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised, and we shall be changed, and all flesh shall see it together. And it is a, a mystery. So epistemology at the turn of the ages is not seeing kata panuma according to the spirit or kata sarks according to the flesh, but kata staron. We see according to the cross. So Luther had it right. Crux sola nostra theologia, the cross alone is our theology. But so too did Pascal have it right. Le cura se raison que le raison ne comprend pas, meaning the heart has its reasons, which reason cannot explain. And Calderon de la Barca, the contemporary of Shakespeare, que es la vida un frenesí, que es la vida una ilusión, una sombra, una ficción, y el mayor bien es pequeño, que toda la vida es sueño, y los sueños, sueños son all of life is a dream, and the dreams themselves, he wrote, 
are themselves dreams. Friends, we gather on Easter Sunday to recall that life has meaning, that worship deepens meaning, that scripture carries meaning, and that the preaching of the gospel is meant to speak a saving, intervening, meaningful word. Hear an angel voice, fear not. Perhaps you are, as I, more a Christian for the cross in a way than the resurrection. In the cross we are reminded, am I weary? So was he. Do I languish? So did he. Am I betrayed? So was he. Do I suffer? So did he. Will I die? So did he. The Lord bears our, our sorrow, even in this day of not just violets, but daffodils, not just blue, but yellow and promise and hope. Fear not. You may be a theist uh, doubting a little bit your perspective. You may be an atheist doubting your doubt. Fear not. You may be one who served in a tent last year at the marathon and are preparing to do so tomorrow but are wondering whether you'll be able. Fear not. You may have sat for an hour on Tuesday at 2.49 and remembered names and emotions with some emotion yourself. Fear not. You may be a preacher offering his 35th Easter sermon and wondering what the sum total judgment of all of them will be. Fear not. You may be seated in the balcony and ready for the first time or the first time in a long time to hear a word of hope, to take a step, one step. You may be in the choir, enjoying the conviviality and consanguinity in the, of the gathering and the beauty of the music, but knowing in your heart, and you're so right, the preaching of the gospel cannot proceed on shaky philosophical foundations. It needs to be set in truth for it to be gospel. And you may be ready to hear this Easter morning that you are radically accepted, that is Paul Tillich, through what God has wrought in Christ, that is Karl Barth, through no work of your own, that's John Calvin. And you may be ready to share that goodness, come noon, John Wesley, fear not, angel voice. He is not here. Jesus' absence is the core, the marrow, the heart of the Easter message. See the place where he laid him? They laid him? He, he is not here. The angel speaks to teach us. You know, this is a metaphor all of this imagery is beautiful and metaphorical. It's not meant first to be taken literally. In 1977, I sat with a fellow seminarian who was with, uh, the two of us were with a Presbyterian minister of some maturity. He was in his mid to late 80s, a beautiful fellow with a herringbone suit and white hair and pince-nez glasses. And she said, she just rolled, she said, God said to me, God spoke to me, God told me, God beckoned me, God called me, God said to me. And he leaned forward and dusted his glasses and said, well, thank you, but I've been in the ministry for more than 45 years and God has never spoken to me like that. <laughs> Meaning that these are metaphorical terms. They're not for that reason any less powerful. In some ways, tell the truth but tell it slant, they are more so. So listen to the depth 
like that rolling of the surf that you hear when you rest along the ocean. You promised, didn't you, to go to the ocean at least once a month. And maybe you're sleeping midnight at Cape Cod or on the North Shore, and you hear that ebb and that flow and that susurrating, undulating, rolling, roaring reminder. The ocean, said Howard Thurman, and the night surrounded my little life with a reassurance that could not be affronted by any human behavior. The ocean at night gave me a sense of timelessness, of existing beyond the ebb and flow of circumstance. Death would be a small thing, I felt, in the sweep of that natural embrace. He is not here. Hear the voice of creation. Or like that, not of the ear, but of the soul. Your soul, you do have a soul, where that's, there's that little sound as if it's emanating from way down on the ocean floor and you can barely hear it, that ping, ping, that whispers, not, not sure you want to say that. Not sure you want to do that. I think you might want to say that. I think you might want to do that. That's the voice of Conscience. Call it a metaphorical angel voice, but when it speaks, it has power. Or like the voice that rises up not in your ear or your soul, but in your very heart when you are in love, when you have been loved. Because you have been loved, you can love. When you feel in passion and in power and in person a sense of love. The Bible says no one has ever seen God. That's in the Bible. The Bible says God is love, or love is God, or God is love. That's in the Bible. The Bible says if we love one another, God's love abides in us and is made whole in us. Angel voice, he is not here. Creation, conscience, compassion. He is risen. Behold, we tell you a mystery. The Christian pulpit has no explanation for the mystery that created the movement that became over 2,000 years the community of faith in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. But neither do we make any apology for the power of its presence, the lasting power of love and faith in life. The Israeli said, never apologize, never explain. Well, we do neither today. We tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. 300 years later, the church put it into a, a quick creed in three parts, this mystery. Maker of heaven and earth, how crisp, how sparing. Just notice the brute creation about. Heaven, things invisible. Earth, things visible. Which is more? Not said. There it is. And in Jesus Christ, the Son, of God who was conceived as all are in the passionate enthusiasm of holiness and spirit, who was born as all are in the pure and loving and laborious and virginal gift of life and labor, who suffered as we all do to some degree under the political structures of time from Pilate to Putin and everything before and after and in between, who was crucified, died and was buried. Behold the starkness of the cross. Who was raised from the dead, sits at the right hand of God to judge 
There's a horizontal moment here, the quick living and the dead. And to taste along the way the spirit and the gifts of the spirit, the global church, the fellowship and friendship of saints and sinners all, the gift of forgiveness. Did you ever need to receive and give the miraculous donation of forgiveness? The resurrection of the body, which means that the church has a future, the body of Christ. And the life everlasting, life has the very last word. He is risen. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Beloved, whether you are 80 or 50 or 20, whether your default mode is... Uh, sincerity or authenticity or irony, whether you prefer Ernest Hemingway or Lionel Trilling or David Foster Wallace, whether your favorite baseball card is Ted Williams or Carl Yastrzemski or Big Poppy, whether the day of infamy is December 7th or November 22nd or uh, September 11th, whether your trumpeter's last name is Armstrong or Jarrett or Marsalis, whether your default mode is sincerity or authenticity or irony, whether you get up in the morning and shout airborne or right on or whatever, whether you're 80 or 50 or 20, the gospel of the Easter moment is an angel voice whispering, fear not, he is not here, he is risen. My dear friend is a cardiologist, he's been attending continuing education seminars for many decades. The ones he attends now change their conclusion. Before anyone leaves, they're asked the following single question, what have you heard today that will change your practice? What have you heard today that will modify your way of being and living? I ask you, in the beauty of the brass, in the singing of the choir, in the preaching of the gospel, in the sacrament of bread and cup, what have you heard, angel voice, today that will change your way of living? Here's a moment to think about it while we conclude with a story. Isn't that a wonderful word in a sermon in conclusion? Finally, here at the end, following the sermon, some arise inspired and some awake refreshed, and both are good conditions. The influence of a, of a loving act continues for decades. Fifty summers ago, out of the small farm town in which we were raised, for once I had a chance to attend a Major League Baseball game. You see, once a year back then, in Cooperstown, they invited the two worst teams in the league to play. They were required to come. They weren't happy about it. My father's good friend, a New Englander, his voice was the first Bostonian voice I had heard. What a lovely, mellifluous, mysterious voice. A Red Sox fan, a graduate of Boston University, both were had a special meal every Saturday evening and wanted to see the game, the three of us went. At eight years old, you don't want to leave after three innings, even though I don't remember who, what the other team was, but I guarantee you one team was the New York Mets. In those years, it was for many years. They must have been down by more than a dozen runs, but we stayed to the last bat to 
get an autograph, and then to buy a hat and to drive back over the Cherry Valley. These two Methodist preachers who didn't have an hour or a dollar to spare, but found an afternoon to share with someone coming along. They warned me as we proceeded on Route 20, don't put your hat out the window, Bob. It's going to catch the wind. Don't do that. I don't think you should do that. I refer you to the remarks made some moments ago about sin in life. And as we came over the crest, of course, the wind took the hat and off it went across the road and down the gully and into the Cherry Valley Creek where my grandmother had been baptized by immersion in 1910. I thought that was the end of that, but no, Bruce turned the car, headed back. He said, Bob, it's not far. Your father and I can find it. Do you know, the influence of an act of love carries over 50 years. Is it any surprise that having been so treated, I entered their ministry and followed their trail and took their pulpits and preached along the Cherry Valley and ended up here today in Boston in the city from which they set out so many years ago. What one change will what you have heard today make in your life. Remember Hammer School, God does not die on the day that we cease to believe in a personal deity, but we die on the day that our lives cease to be illumined by a radiance renewed daily of a wonder whose source lies beyond all reason. Angel voice, fear not, he is not here, he is risen. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. 
Alleluia. Please be seated. We welcome you here to the Nave of Marsh Chapel and hope you will take a moment to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew and passing that book along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We note that in the communion portion of our service, wine will be available in the chalices on the pulpit side and grape juice in the chalices on the lectern side. Gluten-free wafers are available for those who need. For those of you seated in the balcony, there will be two communion stations in the narthex, and we invite you to receive there. Tomorrow morning, we will gather here in the nave again at 10 a.m. for a service in memorial of the marathon bombings last year. The service will be followed by brunch on the plaza and then a brief walk down into Kenmore Square to watch the race. We note that seven runners from Boston University are running this year in memory of Lu Lingzi, who passed away in the bombings. Those seven runners are Daniel Mercurio, Andrew Duffy, Xu Hong Lin, Bai Yun Yao, Yu Jue Wang, Ryan Shea, and Jennifer Carter Badalino. Our prayers are with them. On Saturday at 8 p.m. here in the nave, the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium under the direction of Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett will offer a full performance of Johann Sebastian Bach's Mass in B minor. We hope you can join us on Saturday at 8. Our final Bach experience is the following day, Sunday, at 9.45 in the morning, a lecture recital followed by the performance of the Sanctus and Agnus Dei of the B minor Mass in the service here at 11 a.m. Please do come. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
for the work before us, for the life within us, for the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. Beloved, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another, let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Alleluia. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. May we share signs of his peace. The Lord be with you. And also Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead, and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, 
Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast. Alleluia.
Together, let us pray. Most bountiful God, we give you thanks for the world you have created, for the gift of life, and for giving yourself to us in Jesus Christ, whose holy life, suffering, and death, and glorious resurrection have delivered us from slavery to sin and death. We thank you that in the power of your Holy Spirit, you have fed us in this sacrament, united us with Christ, and given us a foretaste of your heavenly banquet. We are your children, and yours is the glory, now and forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you.